we've been talking about the importance of the renewed mind and how that when we come to Jesus, we still have with us a lot of history. Our nature has been changed. What that means is we want different things. We, we have different affections when we're transformed by the supernatural power of Jesus. We confess with our mouth, we, we believe in our hearts that he saved us, and that puts us in covenant with Jesus. We are now under the protection of the blood of Jesus, and there is nothing, nothing in the spirit realm that can harm you. Amen? All demonic entities are under our feet. That is prophetic language for we have authority over them. But after we come to Jesus and we have been placed in covenant with him through confession with our mouth, belief in our heart, our mind must be renewed. The word renewed means refurbished and re-educated in the Greek. We must be re-educated as to what God has to say because what God has to say is contrary to what the enemy's going to tell you in your thought life. God's word is contrary to what the world has declared over you. The world may have told you you're not good enough, you're not big enough, you're not smart enough, you'll never amount to anything. All those are lies. Your identity is found in this, in God's word. You are beloved, you are special, you are unique, you were made in his image and in his likeness. In the Hebrew, that word image, it means engraving. You're the exact imprint. You are a, an exact resemblance of God the Father. When you were created, the enemy was afraid. Everybody say, the enemy, the enemy is afraid of me. Amen. Sometimes you have to declare that over yourself. The enemy's afraid of me. I'm not afraid of the enemy. So who wants to read that for us? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by a renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So why is the renewed mind important? It enables us to properly discern the will of God. If we understand God's word and we have been re-educated in accordance with God's word, then it's not difficult to discern God's will because God's will will always be in alignment with his word. God's will and God's word are two sides of the same coin. If we're struggling with God's will, we need to get in his word. His word is very clear. For more specific things, seasonal things, things you're supposed to know in a season, that's why we have a prophetic culture. That's why the gifts of the Spirit are so important to the church. We're able to get in that prophetic culture and receive rhema for the season, the season that we're in, to give us definitive direction 
How many know what car to buy is not in here? That's why we have Rhema. Amen? What house to buy is not in here. It's, it's actually, it can be released in a timely Rhema word in the proper season. So, prophetic culture. It's important. Extremely important. The renewed mind is about re-education and refurbishing of your thought life. Your thought life gets very confusing for you because we live in proximity to the spirit realm. We are spirit beings. So there's three typical voices we hear in our thought life. Our own thoughts. Holy Spirit's thoughts or inspirations and the enemy. Why is it difficult to recognize and discern the difference between the enemy's voice and the other two voices that you hear? It's not hard if you understand God's word. We have to know his word first and foremost. That's why when God pours out a prophetic anointing on you, it is extremely important that you go directly to this and you understand what he says first and foremost. That's how we discern those voices. Oftentimes, before we come to Christ, we get accustomed to these voices and through bad theology or uh, traditions handed down to you, people may be informing you as to what voice that is. Oh, that's the enemy's voice. That's, that's Holy Spirit's voice. I'm okay with people giving you some, some insight, but what you need is Holy Spirit revelation as to what voice that is. Because it's, if it's the enemy's voice, it will always be condemning. God the Father doesn't condemn you. Jesus actually modeled that. When the woman was brought and she had been caught in adultery in the very act, and according to the law of Moses, she was supposed to be stoned. But what they didn't know is that Jesus was ushering in a new age, a new age we call grace. There is a grace for sin. It's called Jesus. He died to pay the price. There is now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When God sees you, he sees Jesus. It's mind-blowing. It's hard to accept. I get it, but it's true. When he sees you, he sees the finished work of Jesus in your life. And it's very simple. You confessed with your mouth. You believed with your heart and you were transformed. It's amazing. You walk in grace. You walk in favor. Most of your battles that come your way as a baby believer are going to come from your own thought life. You walk in a divine favor and God has poured out his grace and mercy upon you. So those thoughts that come your way, what we have to do is we have to cast them down. In the Greek, it means demolish. We have to demolish those thoughts or anything that raises itself up against what? 
the knowledge of God. Where do we find the knowledge of God? In his word. Any thought that comes your way that's contrary to this word, we demolish it. And I like to say openly, uh, get out of here, devil. That's not my thought. That's not my thought because I don't even think that way. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Get out of here. We have to understand that most closed heavens for a believer is between the ears. That's where unbelief lives. That's where unforgiveness lives. That's where an inability to accept what God is doing lives. It's all in our thought life. We have to be re-educated. We have to be transformed. That word in the Greek means metamorphosized, completely changed at the metabolic level. That's what happened to Jesus when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Same exact word when he was transfigured that we find in Romans 12, 2. We must be transformed. Our thought life, in this season of your lives, I release a grace for your thought life in Jesus' name. Because if we can clean up our thought life, life gets a lot less complicated. I don't have time to have a thought about myself that he doesn't have about me. It's a waste of time. Guilt, shame, both are a complete waste of time. What the Lord asks you to do is repent. And repent means what? Change the way you think. Repent, get back into his word, and then move on. That's the heart of a real father. My son got into a little trouble at school and uh, he was, uh, he's a sweet kid. He's adorable, right? But he's also in sixth grade. And when you're in sixth grade, you're still trying to impress your boys a little bit. Amen? Amen. I, think, I think men are always trying to do that at some point. Plenty of times. Preach it. So Melody gets the call. She lets me know he needs to be picked up because they put him uh, in some type of uh, uh, detention situation incarceration, whatever. <laughs> and so I was running late. I was working on a project, running late. So as I'm pulling up to the school, he had already started walking. And uh, so I saw him and so I, I swerved over. Hey, bud, get in. And uh, he looked pretty distraught. He looked pretty sad. And uh, he got in the car and, and, I, and I said, uh, so what happened? And uh, he told me the story, and uh, he said, but Dad, he said, but Dad, I'm really sorry about it. He said, uh, I already prayed. I already prayed, and I already asked the Lord to help, to help me change my behavior. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, buddy, that's it. That's, that's it. That's all God will ever ask of you. Honestly, guilt shame, all that stuff is heaped upon believers because the enemy knows how precious you are. The enemy knows that Jesus died for us. He didn't die for any other creature. We are the redeemed. 
the redeemed. God bought us back with the blood of his precious son. Amen? So he repented. He repented. That's it. That's, that's all the Father asked for. And we move on. We move on. Didn't have to beat him with the chunkla. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5? Yes, sir. <laughs> Got a lieutenant in the midst, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not yet. Second mm -hmm. mm. Corinthians ten three through five. Yes. Okay. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign, employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Mm -hmm. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Mm. Yeah. That's the anointed translation, no doubt. <laughs> so what I like about those verses and, and you know, in a word-for-word -word translation like King James, or, or uh, ESV, you know, it's going to say taking captive, taking thoughts captive. We really need to take thoughts captive. How do we take thoughts captive? Well, first of all, we don't come into agreement with what the enemy says. The enemy says, ah, you know what, you're just, uh, you know, you're not, you're not good enough or you'll, you'll never be good enough. Ah, that's contrary to God's word. God's word says I'm more than a conqueror. Amen? You pray and you pray for something and, and, and you're not getting breakthrough yet. And so the enemy says, ah, that's never going to happen for you. You say, no. It is going to happen because all I need is this much faith to move a mountain. So get out of here with that. I'm taking you captive and I'm just going to put you somewhere else. I like to actually do a prophetic act where I grab the thought and I throw it away. No, that's not my thought. Get out of here. Melody loves me. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. <laughs> my pastor loves me even though he didn't say hello to me Sunday. <laughs> just... Just take it captive and just throw it somewhere else. It's not your thought. I need to release you from condemnation. Some of these thoughts are not even yours. And the enemy uses it to keep you in condemnation. You have a new nature. You don't even think that way. So you recognize it. Ah, that's a fiery dart. We have a blessed breastplate of righteousness. We have a shield of faith. We have helmet of salvation. We have these things to protect us from these fiery darts, which is thought life. That's not even my thought. Get out of here. In Jesus' name. The weapons that we carry, they're, they're not carnal. Jesus told Peter, when Peter was about to pull out his sword, 
and, 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 and do some damage, Jesus said, put up your sword. It was prophetic. He was letting Peter know, nothing that you carry in the natural is going to help you with this battle. Nothing. It's all going to be spiritual. It's all going to be your ability to spend time in the presence, spend time in, in His Word, understanding that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Your words carry weight. Your words carry power. Your words are the economy of heaven. God spoke the worlds into existence. And then he, get, he told Adam, hey, speak the identity over every living creature. He didn't just name them. He actually declared their identity, purpose, and destiny. Powerful. Our words, life and death are in the power of, the, of our words. Elijah said, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Wow. Elijah walk, walked in an anointing now. He walked in, in an anointing that, that we have, we've yet to see again, okay, except for Jesus, all right? But Elijah said, it's not going to rain. He didn't say, until I pray and ask the Lord when it's going to rain again. No, nope. he said, when I say it's going to rain. He understood the power of words in the spirit realm. So we declare and we decree things using our own will in accordance with what God has already said. God has already said you are a citizen of heaven. God has already said that you are redeemed, that you are saved, that you are anointed, that you are filled with Holy Spirit power. God has already said these things. So all we have to do is echo what he's already said and kick the enemy out of our thought life. Who wants to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses, I didn't write the verses down, so just read everything that has to do with the armor, armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication and for all the saints. And the rest is... mm. Helmet of salvation. At some point, you're going to have to think, I'm saved. It starts there. It's not from your logic. It's through faith. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed 
by God's hands. By faith, we understand. That's why it's called the faith and not the understanding. We walk in the faith. And with the heart, man believes to righteousness. So it's with the heart man believes. And with faith, we understand. It's important that we understand that because our heart has to do with our affections. What we're in love with. In the kingdom, everything is born out of romance. In the kingdom, everything is born out of romance. Because in the kingdom, everything is beautiful. Everything is pure. So, with the heart, man believes. It doesn't say with the logic, man believes. It doesn't say with the intelligence, man believes. It's actually with the affections, man believes. That's why when you hear the gospel for the first time, time something awakens in you when you get a prophetic word that impacts you deeply it awakens you it's one of those things that makes it evangelistic releasing a prophetic word because some people have never heard God's voice but a prophetic word released timely and seasoned can awaken Something on the inside of an unbeliever. So much so, it says in Corinthians, that they'll fall on their face and declare, surely God is among you. An unbeliever. Those words will come out of an unbeliever's mouth when a prophetic word is on point. Helmet of salvation. We have to think in accordance with God's word. What did it take for you to get saved? Did it take you improving your behavior? Did it take you stopping habits? Did it take you earning his love? Did you have to do a list of things to earn God's favor and his salvation? No, no. It says in the book very plainly, and Peter said it, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He made it even more simple. We declare with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins and we are saved. The helmet of salvation. So everybody say, I'm saved. Get out of here, devil. You bum. So that kind of catches us up from last couple weeks. So I'm going to end tonight. We'll be in Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. All that was free. Now I'm going to start teaching. Y'all won't be as late as last week. Last week I got I got out of hand. Man. Hey, that was fine. That was fine with me. Yeah, I got out of hand. Powerful stuff. Sometimes I get out of hand. Pastor, I didn't tell you at the women's conference, they were such a like they're going, bless her. Yes. Bless the Lord. Women and I were having a hard time not going, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. We're there to Got to get the Tennessee accent. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So we weren't supposed to be there, so we didn't want to make fun of you. There's men in the room. Bless the Lord. I'm just saying that last women's conference, there were a bunch of dudes there as well. There wasn't a bunch of dudes there, but only two because Jeff would go outside. Mm. And then Jeff Sam, would... Sam went outside too. Yeah. He was there the first night. 
Wait, so only Sam and Jeff? Are you saying that he's not a dude? They went outside. They only were too side boy and will and I work in the Above all. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Say, I'm not intimidated. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. And this is the words of the Apostle Paul. Chapter 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Wow. And then the King James says, let this mind be in you. So what is the mind of Christ? He just explains it. What is the renewed mind? He just explains it. Our behavior shifts when our mind has been renewed. Some behavior that we have is born out of nothing but insecurity and a need for a father. Some of our behavior is born out of nothing but an insecurity and a need to belong and to be cherished. And to be valued. Why? It's how you're built. I'm doing a study on the kingdom right now. What does the kingdom even mean? We see it proclaimed all through the New Testament. What is the kingdom? It is the realm of the king's dominion. When Jesus told the disciples to go preach, he said, tell people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The realm of the king's dominion. So what is the realm of the king's dominion? Well, the kingdom of God isn't meat or drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. When he released 
kingdom into the earth. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. He let us know it's not going to have a physical manifestation. He was releasing something into the world that would begin to impact the world, starting with one group of individuals on the day of Pentecost. He was releasing kingdom, the king's domain. Jesus further taught on the kingdom when he explained how he could cast a demon out of somebody. He said, if I cast a demon out of someone, the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. The word upon in the Greek actually means transpose. So what does it mean when something's been transposed? When you light a candle and you, hear, and you smell the scent of that candle, the scent of that candle has actually been transposed within our reality. It's present, even though you can't see it. The Holy Spirit becomes transposed on our reality when it shows up at Connect Group, when it shows up at prayer meeting, when it shows up in your, your time of worship, when it shows up on Sunday morning, when it shows up anywhere you're at and you declare, Holy Spirit, I co-labor with you. Your kingdom come. That's actually a declaration that Jesus taught his disciples. Your kingdom come now. You can bring kingdom into any situation that you're in. Walk into a fear-filled room where everybody's full of fear. Everybody's worried about the news. Everybody's worried about COVID still, I guess. And you just bring in and you say, nope, I bring kingdom now. Holy Spirit presence into the situation. Transposed upon this reality. And now, guess what has to flee? Fear. Anxiety, unbelief, because the two cannot coexist. Fear and love cannot coexist in the same reality. It's a spirit realm reality. That's why perfect love does what? It casts out fear. So where there's fear, just bring kingdom. Where there's fear, Bring Holy Spirit presence. Where there's sickness, bring Holy Spirit presence. Where there's disease, bring kingdom. It's all the same. That's why the best manifestation of love is fearlessness. The religious spirit wants to keep you afraid to be creative. The religious spirit wants you afraid to misinterpret this. Don't be afraid to misinterpret this. It's in English. It's written in 12th grade English. Most, most Bibles in, in these translations. Just read it. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Don't allow somebody's isms. Don't allow some traumatized pastor who, who teaches from that place in his, in his experience to, to mess you up. Just read it. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. And anything I teach and it doesn't ring true with you, we can have a conversation about it. But that Holy Spirit, he's supposed to corroborate is what it means in the Greek to bear witness. The Holy Spirit will corroborate what I'm saying and it'll ring true to you and you'll accept it.
This mind, a renewed mind, is actually a facilitator for faith. If our mind hasn't been renewed, at some point, faith won't be able to flow because it'll get stopped by unbelief, trauma, fear, all these emotions that we carry with us even though we've, ex we've accepted Jesus as our Savior, we can become delayed in our faith. We don't want to be delayed in our faith. We want to believe anything's possible because that's what Jesus taught his disciples. Anything is possible. With the renewed mind, the impossible actually looks rational. That's what we want. Let this mind be in you. Don't be intimidated by your enemies. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Why is this so? Because in the kingdom, in heaven, at some point, the kingdom will come down here on earth. But right now, in heaven... Guess what? There's no selfishness in heaven because there's no lack. Everyone's famous. In heaven, everyone's famous. We have a desire to be great. We have a desire to be great at what we do. But here in this life, when we get fame, uh, we get a lot of attack. There's some people will tell you, I don't, I don't want to be famous because I know that I'll live a life where I'm, I'm, I'm like in, I'm in a fishbowl. But in heaven, you don't have to worry about that. Everyone's famous. Everyone's valued. Everyone is unique. Everyone is loved. You're loved for who you are. You don't have to be like anybody else. Amen? The older I get and the more I, I learn about Jesus, the more I say to myself, I don't want to be like anybody else. You are in a classroom with the Holy Spirit. And there's no one else in that class. It's you and the Holy Spirit. You and the Holy Spirit. When you get that, you'll never be jealous of anyone. I'll celebrate someone else's promotion because I know with promotion comes the enemy's attack. I need to pray for them. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastors. We get all kind of attack. Our sleep gets disturbed. It's, it's not easy taking care of God's people. Uh, but you'll never be jealous of anyone. Because why? You're in one class with the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's just you. It's just you. Don't let anyone interfere with that class. It's you and the Holy Spirit. Don't let the spirit of religion jump in there. Don't let some person who has a traumatized view of Scripture jump in there. Don't let somebody who has, all, has the Bible broken down into isms jump in there. Don't do it. It's you and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Saints, it's you and the Holy Spirit. And you can trust the Holy Spirit because he said he would lead you into all truth. All truth. So if you hear something from the pulpit, if you hear something from a word of prophecy, if you hear something anywhere... Just don't attack the person. Just, just go 
just get along with the Lord and get in your word and say, Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. That is what the renewed mind would do. The renewed mind doesn't slander. The renewed mind doesn't, doesn't gossip. Because why? What is slander? Slander is nothing but unsubstantiated information. Slander is not admissible in a court of law. Because why? It's slander. I object, slander, sustained. It's not admissible. It's not admissible in the spirit realm either. God's the judge. So the renewed mind won't slander. You have no reason to slander anyone. What we're supposed to do is pray for them. Well, what if they've, they've offended me? Pray for them. Well, they're a believer. Well, Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother or my sister? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. So that's, have you gotten to that level yet? I don't even know how much that is. I'm not great at math, but that's a lot. <laughs> the renewed mind thinks different. It's never going to be about the list of do's and don'ts of Christianity. It's not. If you make it about that, you, you fall into this religious structure. Jesus came to release life. And real life is walking with Holy Spirit presence, Holy Spirit demeanor, and Holy Spirit renewed mind to understand how valuable each and every human being is. If I value you, I won't slander you. If I value you, I won't gossip about you. All gossip is, is two people getting together or more and talking about a problem with no kingdom solution attached to it. If Melody and I are talking about any one of you, trust me, it always ends in prayer. How can we help them? How can we better serve them? What can we teach them? How can we pray this prayer better for them? I wonder how they're doing. They're not here. Man, I hope they're okay. I hope I didn't offend them last week. These are the conversations we have because why? We, we're accountable for your soul and we take it serious. But we bring kingdom solution to it. We're going to pray for you. That's the renewed mind. The renewed mind is not going to have any of these behaviors because why? We think different. We think with the mind of Jesus. We think the way Jesus thought. Jesus valued people. Jesus valued everyone. He loved everyone. He served everyone. And even the religious people, he would give them an answer and he would give them homework and he would send them their way. But he wouldn't stand there and slander them and, and be negative towards them. Pray for them. That's the renewed mind. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That's the New Living Translation, King James. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And this is what he did for us. It says in verse 6, chapter 2 of Philippians. Of Philippians. That's not, even, that's not the Bible. That's, I would say. that's not the Bible. Philippians. <laughs> Philippians. Chapter 2, verse 6. 
though he was God. Check this out. This has to inspire you because my dude, Jesus, this is what he did. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he was willing to lay aside what he, what he could do as God. Don't get it twisted now. I don't want to mess with anybody's theology. He will always be God. He always was God. And when he was walking on this planet, he was God. But he chose to limit himself and do things as a human. Filled with Holy Spirit power, just like us. He got water baptized just like us. And guess what? He had no sin. John the Baptist's baptism was called a baptism of repentance. Jesus had nothing to repent of. But he still followed through with it as a model to show us he was willing. He was willing to do everything he's asking us to do. That's leadership. That's real leadership. Josiah's learning that, military leadership. Don't ever ask any of your men or women to do anything you're not willing to do. Jesus was that kind of leader. Verse 7, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Wow. I'm not, I, I just can't see myself leaving heaven and coming down here with you guys. I can't. I'll be like, what? Heaven's too amazing. I got to go down there at the height of the Roman Empire? Those people are crazy. I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> but Jesus was willing to do that. And he appeared in human form. Verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Did you know they charged him for telling the truth? That was his official crime. He made himself equal with God. They put him on the cross for telling the truth. He was equal with God. And the spirit of religion put him there, by the way. You want to know why we're always bashing the spirit of religion? There's only two spirits Jesus warned his disciples about. He didn't warn them about the spirit of murder. He didn't warn them about the spirit of abortion. He didn't warn them about any other spirits except the spirit of religion and the spirit of politics. That's how powerful those two are. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. What I like about verse 10 is you can replace knee with anything, anything evil. Watch this. That at the name of Jesus, every depression must bow. At the name of Jesus, every sickness must bow. At the name of Jesus, every mountain must move. At the name of Jesus, Every challenge I have in life must go away in Jesus' name. It's about the name of Jesus, declaring it, walking in it, and understanding our authority, 
and our power. <laughs> because he gave it to us. <laughs> he said, all power has is is, is been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now go, therefore, go in this same measure of power. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The renewed mind understands its own identity. Jesus was secure in his own identity. We have to get to the place to where we're secure in our identity. Then we won't make decisions from insecurity. We won't make decisions from fear. There's really two places we make decisions from anyway. It's either love or fear. We make decisions from fear. We're always acting, acting rashly. We're not waiting. We're not waiting on the Lord for things. We've got to make decisions from love. Love is fearless. But it's anchored in truth. It's anchored in what God says about you you are not those things declared over you i cancel those word curses over you in jesus name you will walk in newness a new fresh anointing a renewed mind in this season of your life you were made to live forever you were made to walk on water you were made to command mountains to move out of your way. You walk in absolute authority on this planet. You don't have to be afraid of your enemy. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. I don't feel sorry for demons, but sometimes I ask them to leave politely because I know their future is sad. <laughs> to be cut off from God's presence forever, sad. Just leave, devil. Get out of here. In Jesus' name. Sad. We have authority over all of it. The enemy loves to test your authority to see if you know it. It's like a thief who just kind of shows up at your door just to see if it's unlocked. They just want to test it. The enemy, he'll always do that. We'll never get to the place where the enemy is not going to try to steal, kill, and destroy from us. We just have to stand firm and stand strong in what God has to say. Amen?